The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. Coming up after 10.15, I'll share with you some sex in the news. Uh, I'll tell you about a study that shows that men who change diapers get more sex. Plus, I want to read you an amazing tweet from a guy to help men understand uh, the whole uh, women and sexual assault and how women feel and and how it is in in our society. So this is worth repeating. It was a tweet that... It's an old tweet, but uh, nonetheless, I came across it and I said, you know what? I want to read it tonight. And then I'll tell you more about um, the victim personality. I bet you there are people in your life that you would say, ah, they fit the bill. Uh, So we'll talk about that and more. But first, let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. You can always email me as well to laurie at drlaurie.com. So a couple of uh, emails have come in. I want to tell you how much I enjoyed game night last night. It was fun, interesting, and I learned a little something along the way too. That's the point, right? I'm happy to hear that. It was nice to hear the ladies calling in. I really wanted to, but I'm so nervous. I would not be able to answer if you asked me my name. Uh, your poet once wrote a poem about love that really touched me. He wrote that Christmas poem that made me laugh and I got a lot of mileage out of it with friends who thought it was funny. Last night you read a poem that even you thought was beautiful and I could not agree more. I start very early morning and when I got out of the shower, I looked at myself in the mirror. I always stood close to the mirror and I saw boobs that are not as perky as they once were, a stretch marker too, and a tummy that I will blame on COVID times. This morning I stepped back a few paces and just took a good overall view. This old gal I now see in the mirror is rather beautiful and sexy. I got closer to the mirror and just looked again at the overall view and I look pretty darn good, even with the extra pounds and a line or two. It is very true we are our own worst critics, but this morning I saw myself differently. You have had shows that have boosted my confidence and made me feel better about me, and I thank you. I suggest any woman who are lacking self-confidence with their body do what I did. Does not matter age or weight. I do not listen every night, and I still think I'm a fairly new listener, but I've become a fan of yours you seem to know the poet someone somewhat well, so I ask you in your pres- professional opinion, how does he write women so well in poems? Has he ever written anything that was personalized for one listener? I'm so happy I discovered passion on the radio. Well, I'm happy you did too. As for the passion poet, of course, only got to know him through the year, the year or two that he's been writing poems for us, and he's a regular on our Baby Boomer panel. I think he just has a lot of experience with women. I think that's the bottom line. And he's a very, he's quite sensitive, I guess, and, and empathetic and, and compassionate. So he, uh, he get he tries, he tries to understand, um, uh, understand women and his partners and such. So that's the, that's what I think. But thank you for writing that. It's a very lovely email and a nice reminder for all of us when we look in the mirror. I see so many people with such body image issues, beautiful women and young women with these same kinds of issues that really block them in the bedroom, in life, uh, but especially when it comes to 
um, sexuality and their own sexuality. So it is a good reminder to learn to accept ourselves who we are. This is the envelope, take care of it health-wise. But if you're going to fret over every line, every pound, you're just going to make yourself miserable. So uh, I think, uh, thank you for that, uh, that reminder. Dr. Laura, I've only been listening to you since mid last November and managed to listen in maybe two or three times a week. I am married with two young children who keep me going all day. My husband has a rather small penis, perhaps three and a half inches erect, and his sex drive is nothing like mine. He does not give oral and is what most would call very vanilla. I did buy a toy some two years and keep it hidden from him, knowing he would object. Why would he object? We have talked about it several times and even sought out help, but to no avail. My feelings for him have changed, but I do care for him very much. There's other things wrong in our relationship, but nothing that cannot be worked out, but he does not listen. The only orgasm I ever had in my marriage are ones I give myself. He does enjoy when I give him oral and comes quickly, but does not like when I masturbate while doing it. During the summer, I have to say up till now, I'm reading this, I'm saying this guy sounds a bit controlling, uh, red flag for me. During the summer when at the beach with the kids, he gets jealous because men and even teenage boys look at me in my bikini. Of course, I like knowing I'm being checked out and it's flattering, but in no way do I ever flirt or even smile back. I do not want to cheat, but I'm not getting any younger. Am I wrong to want good, satisfying sex rather than the 10-minute unsatisfactory sex I get now, and that happens about three or four times a month? He does not seem to care that I do not orgasm. Can you help me? I know you will never say it is okay to look elsewhere for my needs, but when is it okay to do so? I think you have bigger problems here, frankly, than your sex life with your husband. This does not sound like... uh, I don't know what kind of help you got. I don't know if, you know, uh, this has to be addressed and challenged in terms of his, uh, his controlling nature, his jealousy, his own insecurities that he is projecting onto you. And so because he's insecure, he's control, you know, he's being controlling the fact that he doesn't care about your pleasure where it concerns me. I think there's something there. Uh, Most men that I know get their pleasure from making sure their partners are getting pleasure. For a lot of men, they don't even, they, they would say they wouldn't want to have sex with someone who wasn't enjoying it. I don't know that your husband doesn't doesn't sound like that's what you're saying here. I don't think it has anything to do with the size of his penis. Maybe that has an effect on his own um, self-esteem. But who is he to tell you you're not allowed to masturbate or touch yourself or use a vibrator or anything like that? That only tells me that he's insecure and you need to be able to have to, to be able to talk about this with him. What happens when you when you verbalize your dissatisfaction, when you say to him, I am not, I'm not satisfied with our sex life. This is not good for me. I I want, I want more. Like we need to talk about what, how I could, I'm, I please you in the ways that you want, but how about pleasing me? Uh, I know some people would probably say, you know what? Stop giving him oral sex. He won't give you oral sex. Don't give him oral sex. Like at some point you have to take a stand and say, hey, wait a second, like this doesn't feel very fair. 
Uh, this doesn't, you know, I, I'm caring about your needs, but you're not caring at all about my needs. So I think this relationship has to be addressed as a whole, not just the, um, the sex part, you know, this texter writes in, she sounds like she was married to my type of old ex-husband, a misogynist. So somebody who really doesn't care, uh, who has a, a, a I don't want to say hatred, but in French is a mépris, like there's a, um, they just don't value or respect women. Uh, that's really a, a misogynist, although some of them can also be haters of women. I uh, wouldn't necessarily go that far. So I think the problem is bigger, bigger than the sex part here. So going out and uh, having an affair or what have you, what that will do, first off, he finds out, I don't know what hell will break loose in your home. And second, oftentimes when women go out and have affairs, especially in situations like this, they are getting ready to leave the relationship. It's just to find an exit. Uh, you know, once they find somebody or, or they find somebody that they care about, it gives them the, maybe the, a little more drive to leave that marriage, I suppose. So, um, it's not the answer. It's not the answer. If you want to fix your marriage, you have to go into, into couple counseling. There's no, no doubt about it. And if you won't fix it, uh, I guess there's some decisions that you have to make. You have one life to live. You want to be happy. Um, and it's not that happiness necessarily just comes from the relationship, but hey, if your partner is making you miserable, there's something to be looked at here. So if he doesn't want to go for help, you go for help. Uh, coming up, I want to share a tweet from a guy. It's a little long, but it's worth, uh, worth a listen. That's, uh, that's coming up. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. So I want to share something with you. I just happened to see it now, but it is a Twitter uh, post from 2018. I just think it's worth repeating. I don't know if I ever said it on the air. I've seen it before, but I'm not sure I've, I've actually ever shared it. But anyway, we have a bunch of new listeners, so why not? So this writer, A.R. Moxon, has invited all men to take part in an interesting empathy exercise. He presented women's encounters with violent behavior and sexual assault in a way that most men could relate, getting kicked in the nuts. Moxon admits that his analogy is not perfect, and he has received a lot of feedback since he shared it, both positive and negative. He says, I chose nut kicking because there isn't a man alive that doesn't understand exactly what a nut shot is, and with very few exceptions, no one who would ever want it, no one who would ever want it or seek it out or go asking for it, he clarified. Most importantly, no man confuses getting kicked in the nuts with sex. It's very clearly violence, even though it involves sex organs. The idea of growing up in a society where getting hoofed in the balls is normalized behavior, systematically, if tacitly allowed by a complicit society and frequently confused with a pleasurable activity like sex, would rightfully be horrifying to any guy. And, and so here is the tweet. So it, it's it's like in 15 pieces, okay? Because, you know, Twitter, you only have X number of um, uh, letters, right? Hi, guys. Imagine if one day you got kicked in the nuts really hard on purpose. 
you doubled over, felt the pain, nearly passed out, nearly puked. Then you got kicked again and again. Imagine it happened to you when you were 12. Imagine it was a 38-year-old woman who did it. Imagine it was your mother's friends, your mother's friend and business partner. Imagine that later your father explained that women just wanted to kick men in the nuts. So as a boy, you had to be careful. Imagine he had very detailed practical advice on this. Imagine you started spending your life planning on avoiding being kicked in the nuts. Imagine you became aware that women, including much older women, even elderly women, were always looking at your nuts. Women on the street would follow you. They'd tell you what a nice package you have. They'd tell you you'd better, you'd be hot if you just showed off your nuts a little more. Imagine you started wearing clothes to hide them. You bought uncomfortable protective gear. All the posters and advertisements in all the magazines featured men's crotches, though frequently not their heads. Imagine most of your friends all told you about getting kicked in the nuts. Imagine none of them had ever told anybody else. Imagine all the older girls at school would make jokes about kicking you in the nuts. Imagine all the laughter. The jokes are all so funny. Imagine you went to church and were told that God made girls to want your body so you should protect your nuts at all costs. Imagine the minister said it was your responsibility as a maturing boy not to do anything that would make girls think about you kick about kicking you in the nuts. Imagine you found a girlfriend and you loved each other. One night you were fooling around and she kicked you as hard as she could in the nuts and it all came rushing back. Imagine she acted like obviously you wanted to be kicked in the nuts, mocked you for getting emotional. Imagine you told the police and they asked you what you'd been wearing before she kicked you in the nuts, asked if you had 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 a drink, asked what you might have been doing before. Had you been naked, kissing? You had. You left. Imagine there were laws that said if a wife kicked her husband in the nuts, it wasn't assault. Imagine you heard about men with ruptured testicles who had to pay for their own forensic reports. Imagine you saw statistics showing only 1% of kickings resulted in conviction. Imagine a girl was caught kicking a boy repeatedly in the nuts while he was passed out drunk. Imagine the judge let her off because she was worried about the damage to the girl's future prospects. She was a star swimmer with a scholarship. Imagine this happened all the time. Imagine if one day men all started talking about how almost all of them had at one point or another been kicked in the nuts. Imagine if women's main concern was what false accusation might do to their reputations and whether this new honesty might ruin the mystery of sex. Imagine a woman ran for president. Imagine audio came out of her bragging about making it a regular practice to kick men in the nuts without even introducing herself. Imagine she lost no support for this. Imagine she claimed the men accusing her were lying. Imagine she said they were too ugly to kick. Imagine there had never been a male president. Imagine she ran against the first major party male candidate. Imagine he had experience and she had none. Imagine she won anyway. Imagine she supported a Senate candidate known for kicking young boys in the testicles. 
Imagine she not nominated a judge. Imagine the judge was accused of kicking a boy in the nuts. Imagine the accuser had to hide from all the death threats as a result. Imagine the president mocked the accuser in front of a crowd and the crowd laughed and clapped. Imagine the judge was confirmed. Imagine the deciding vote was a man. Can you imagine? Now imagine that being kicked in the nuts might result in you having to create in your body a genetic replication of the person who kicked you. And imagine that the judge intended to make sure you'd have to carry it. Imagine that was the reason she was chosen. It's almost over. I can't imagine women's rage today, but this exercise, while abstract, helped me get nearer to it than I'd been. Be kind to women, guys, today and every day. If you see somebody being cruel to women or abusive or violent, kick them in the nuts. And then he ends it with, by the way, it's 100% insane that this issue seems to require an analogy to draw a sharper focus on how wrong our society presently is. But here we are. I thought it was brilliant, a brilliant analogy to make maybe men understand this um, a bit more. Let me know what you think. I'm interested. 514-800. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to send them along to 514-800. Some on the text board regarding the woman who wrote in about her husband. Uh, My guess is Mr. Three and a Half masturbates like the large majority of males. Yes, and doesn't allow his wife to. Imagine, imagine that one. How unfair. And yeah, probably the other person's right. How misogynistic, right? And and that was a, a perfect tweet to follow that kind of um, email. So on better news, experts have determined that men who change diapers have a better relationship with their wife in the bedroom. As much as this is the article says, as much as no husband wants to hear this, it turns out that your wife has been right all along. Despite years of trying to convince yourself and everyone else that you're just not good at it, experts have determined that it is actually better for your family if you change a few diapers. It can improve your wife's overall health, improve your relationships with your baby, and it'll improve your relationship with your wife in the bedroom. A study conducted in Sweden determined that when fathers are more involved with their baby's caregiving duties, especially if they take parental leave, it's better for the mom's physical and mental health. Having dad take on more early morning feedings and other child care duties can strengthen mom's mental health by giving her more time to recuperate, which can lessen anxiety or symptoms or, uh, of conditions like postpartum depression and gives her time to heal physically. Unsurprisingly, studies have also determined that men who spend more time in a childcare-focused or domestic role when their children are young develop stronger relationships with their children. While not every father is able to take parental leave, the fathers who spend more time with their babies as much as they can develop, develop a lifelong pattern of caregiving and nurturing. A baby's relationship with their dad is also crucial for the family's well-being overall. Every woman recovers differently after giving birth, and there's no set timeline for when your sex life could bounce back. But studies have determined that when 
the childcare responsibilities are more evenly divided between partners, it can improve your relationship. When fathers take on more midnight diaper changes, your partner feels more satisfied in their relationship, and that can transfer over to an improvement in the bedroom after giving birth. So more evidence to show that um, dads, males, husbands helping is actually a turn on for women uh, in many ways. I think I told you about this. One of my favorite books is is this little book called Porn for Women. Uh, and every page is a picture of some hot guy doing some household chore. It's, it's quite cute, but uh, it does say something in the end, right? Uh, so if you have a question, I'm, I'm happy, like anything goes tonight. So I'm happy to answer any question that you may have. You can send it along at 514-800. You can call in if you'd like at 514-790-0800. Give me some of your thoughts on uh, what you're hearing tonight. I want to you know, get to see what uh, where your mind is at. If there's something you want to vent about, if you want to talk about general um, mental health stuff, uh, I, I'm always here to listen. The passion community is here for you as well. Coming up, I want to talk about something um, called the victim personality. So we all know people who tend to put on or or, or show or exhibit a victim, like a victim role, right? Like we know everybody knows somebody who always sees themselves as somehow a victim, usually someone who's quite negative and, and things like that. But research has now found evidence for um, victimhood to actually be a, a personality, like a stable uh, personality trait or uh, or tendency, So, which is, is kind of new, right? You would think it might be related to circumstance, but no, apparently it can be a personality trait that uh, clearly is uh, harder to to change, but nonetheless, it's also hard to live with. So if you know somebody who tends to be um, a victim all the time or sees life in that way, or or maybe you you are in a relationship with one, how does it affect you? We can, uh, we can certainly talk about that. So that's all coming up. Plus, of course, your stupid sex story of the night. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Just about anything goes tonight. Just a couple of your texts before we get to our stupid sex story. Am I losing it or is your analogy about males being kicked in the testes simply a gender reversal of sexual assault on women? Exactly. That's exactly it, Brian. Uh, Not to take anything away from the kick in privates analogy, but anyone who peruses the internet knows there are hundreds of men out there who pay large sums to receive savage kicks to their nether regions. Yes, and they're in the minority, I would imagine. Another text writes, and imagine this, I worked in a women's health for a long time and never understood what the word misogynistic meant. Please explain the term misogynist because when I was married to him 20 years ago, no one seemed to know what that meant. Misogynistic equals a man who hates 
the gynae pelvis, well, it's the women, it's the hatred of women. He only wants intercourse and to have his needs met. He won't give oral, will gladly accept his oral sexual needs being met, but will not put his face into his partner's pelvis because of his deep hatred for his mom, as you know, but maybe not everybody who listens understands the meaning of that. Imagine if all men and women read the book, Men who hate women by Dr. Susan Forward and Joan Torres. That was a long time ago I read that. Imagine only when I read that book did I truly understand the depth of who I had been married to and then who had raised me, both misogynists. Unfortunately, we we've that's changing, but we have lived in a society where male men dominate and women would occupy a second-class citizen kind of a, a role or position. And uh, for many, seen it's seen as misogynistic. Um, but when the, the meaning of the word, as we know it today, is, is the hatred, um, the hatred of women. <laughs> Please, Dr. Laurie, stick to some fun. We need it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a fun story now. Um, yeah, maybe too serious, but I have to talk about this whole victim thing. I think it's still interesting. Uh, okay. This is the headline. This is kind of stupid, but anyway, bodybuilder faces heartbreak at Christmas as sex doll wife tragically breaks. Do you remember a while back? I think I reported on this. It was another one of those stupid sex stories, a guy who marries his sex doll. Well, <laughs> I have an update for you. Yuri told, Tolochko from Kat, from Kazakhstan, 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 isn't that where Borat is from? Uh, hopes his sex doll wife Margot can be repaired in time. This was before Christmas for their first romantic Christmas together as a married couple. It doesn't get nuttier than this, uh, frankly. So he wed his sex doll not long ago. And he has now revealed she has tragically been broken just before Christmas. He says it has ruined their plans for a Christmas together as a married couple. This I saw pictures of this guy. It's not like he's a, he looks like an ordinary, like good-looking guy. It's just so weird. Anyway, so he now faces a tense wait to see if all of her bits can be repaired back to good working order in time for the festive day. He tied the knot with Margot at a ceremony attended by dozens of guests. Please, I want to know what was on the minds of those dozens of guests. Oh, the article goes on. He first met her at a nightclub, as she goes by herself, and the pair were due to marry in March this year before the, the pandemic threw the world into turmoil. This The ceremony was delayed a second time after he was attacked during a transgender rally in the Kazakh city of Almaty in October. However, the pair had since settled into married life. It's so weird. I, I don't even know. It's just weird. Bottom line is he's waiting for her to get repaired. He, she is broken. Now she is being repaired. She's in another city. When she recovers, it will be a gift for both of us. I, I don't get it. But anyway... I just don't get it. But twice now I'm seeing stories about this, this crazy person. Okay. And that's very judgy on my part. I know it's just, I mean, come on, we have to admit it's a little bit nutso, right? Got to wonder what's in the guy's brain at this point. Anyway, an article by Dr. David Lee, 
who says researchers find evidence for a, a stable tendency to see oneself as a victim. Are you one of these? Uh, do you know one of these? So every one of us knows that person. It's, you know, the the person where every bad thing that happens to them, they seem self-absorbed, but in a strangely negative way, the world is out to get them. It's not paranoia, but it can seem delusional with the way they constantly interpret things as being intentional to harm and punish them. Nothing is ever really their fault because of all the bad things that happen to them. And they aren't responsible for the bad things they do because they've been through so much and they are just... Just getting some of theirs back. Now, researchers have published research that suggests that seeing oneself as a victim may actually be a distinct and stable aspect of personality. This is a, a research out of, um, of Israel, and they tested this and they found they did eight different studies to identify, test, and measure this construct. They call it Tendency for Interpersonal Victimhood, or TIV, T-I-V. Uh, they define TIV, or, or Tendency for Interpersonal Victimhood, as an enduring feeling that the self is a victim across different kinds of interpersonal relationships. And here are the core components. Need for recognition, whereby individuals have a high level of need for their victimization to be seen and recognized by others. Moral elitism, seeing oneself as morally pure and seeing those who oppose, criticize, or victimize oneself as completely and totally immoral and unjust. A lack of empathy, they have little empathy or concern for the suffering of others because their own victimhood is so much greater than the suffering of others. It also includes an entitlement to act selfishly or harmfully towards others without recognizing their pain or experience. And then rumination, which is a strong tendency to brood and remain extremely fixated on times, ways, and relationships where they experienced victimization and being taken advantage of. So unfortunately, um, people who are high in the tendency, in this tendency to see themselves as victims, felt feelings of hurt more intensely, felt that hurt for longer, and were more likely to recall that hurt at later times. They responded more strongly to negative stimuli. Um, they were more likely to hold grudges, to seek revenge, and to feel entitled to engage in immoral behaviors in order to punish others. They seem to see people who victimize them as all bad, which justifies the vengeance that is meted out. Very, it's scary when you look at when when you really look at that, right? So. Um, Maybe, yes, we can help people like this who may feel who, that they are victims, uh, maybe help them focus on or, or help them with uh, positive interpretations, teach them how to empathize with others if they decide that they want to go and uh, get help. Sounds like a plot for a Disney movie, The Inflatables. Yes, Margot the doll who wed her human. <laughs> Even Mattel did not see that coming when developing Barbie. Yeah, Mattel might want to get onto uh, the bandwagon. It might be um, something they can do. So I guess you want a little bit more fun. I got to, you know, let me see. Maybe I'll talk about, okay, I'll talk about a Chinese woman in China who is, um, She's known as the mistress killer. If you want, to, it's not really fun, 
but it's uh, it is interesting. So this Chinese woman, she opened an agency called the Zhang Yufen's Fire Phoenix Agency, and she's known as the Mistress Killer. Basically, she helps women in China track down their unfaithful husbands and mistresses. Uh, and this is like, she's 60 years old now, but she went through this when she was, uh, when her own husband cheated on, on her. And, um, she was very venge. She took revenge, uh, by spreading photos of the ex-husband all over the place with the person he was having an affair with him. She did some horrible things. Anyway, that was how she began uh, this agency. She gets about a hundred calls a day. That's how rampant it is there. But I'll tell you a little bit more about her. This is uh, the, the first female detective agency. I don't think it would go over well. When I tell you the details of what they do, it would never fly in North America. But I'll tell you about that in just a few moments. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. It's Friday night. Anything goes here on Passion. Uh, do we have uh, Patricia still on the line? Patricia, are you there? Hi. Hi, how I are you? these women complaining and yeah. men too. I had a wonderful husband. It's 17 years since he's passed away. I wouldn't want anyone else in my life. Uh, we traveled together. We got married in Las Vegas. And... Mm -hmm. He retired. We spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week together and did everything together. You see, your relationship is like a, what most people would like as a kind of a fa fairy fairy tale marriage. Exactly. Unfortunately, not all, uh, you know, are that way. And I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm sure even 17 years later, it's still some, something that you, someone you miss dearly, had, especially I that time. happiness with this man. He was yeah. U.S. Air Force retired. Well, not all men are created equal. Not all women are created equal. So I'm happy that uh, you are still here to share what uh, a good marriage that you had because it gives the rest of us a lot of hope. I walked Patricia into the <laughs> and I saw him there and I said, that's the end for me. <laughs> handsome, handsome in his uniform, I'm sure. Patricia, happy new year. Thanks for calling. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Surprisingly, there doesn't seem to be a word for male haters. There is. It is called um, misandry. Misandry is the name for uh, male haters. Google my Google guys, check that out. By correct me if I'm wrong, please. But I I believe that is the word. So there definitely are, and they are not called feminists. By the way, I I, I resent that when people. Um, you know, if I say something or someone else says something that is, uh, I don't say against male or men or some generalization or something that they throw the word around. So, ah, such a feminist. That is not man-hating, I want to just point out. So I believe the word is misandry. Um, okay. So I was telling you about this Chinese uh, woman who started this uh, female detective uh, agency to catch, 
basically they call <laughs> she calls her team the anti the anti mistress alliance okay she regularly catches husbands and mistresses in bed together using those same techniques that any uh, i guess any private investigator uh, would. And then once she confirms an affair has been taking place, she would then confront the mistress and demand that the mistress leave her client's husband and then threaten them if they um, refuse. That's why they call her the mistress killer. (laughs) She became a controversial and divisive figure in China, well known for encouraging her clients to track and then attack their husband's lovers in the street, beating them and sometimes tearing off their clothes in public. That is how she was nicknamed the mistress killer. Videos of women assaulting their husband's lovers became viral online sensations in China. She believes her technique helped the wives release their anger and heal their pain and claims that because Chinese court system fails to protect wronged wives, she's left with no choice. This is, these are her words. Once a man has a mistress, they change fast and become heartless to their wives. Look at the pathetic women I helped. Their husbands beat them endlessly. Some never got a chance to see their children after they were kicked out. Some did not realize in time that their husband had transferred their share of money to another woman until it was too late. You think her methods would work here? It would, no, it would not, uh, would cause some serious uh, legal concerns here. But in um, China, police are reluctant to intervene in family uh, matters, and that's why her business has uh, grown exponentially. A word began to spread that her detective work had helped some women gain leverage in divorce cases and walk away with a better property split or child custody. The stakes were high. Remember, they're only allowed, they up until a certain point, they were only allowed one, uh, one child, right? She gained a reputation as someone who could support women as they negotiated the court system, as well as an anti-corruption um, whistleblower. She had also learned that many affairs hide darker stories of emotional abuse or domestic violence. So she then did something really good. She opened up a shelter for uh, women to help them start a new um, single life. But it goes further because she became quite suspicious. She asked herself, how could so many Chinese men afford a family plus a mistress who was typically offered gifts and other um, luxuries. She believed these affairs hid a huge culture of corruption and for many years tried hard to build an anti-corruption campaign on social media. Guess what happened? Of course, uh, she was shot down. Um, they deleted her social media accounts because, you know, the Chinese are control that kind of thing. And her campaign was hitting a little too close to um, to the truth. The last thing she says, she is nostalgic for the era of Chairman Mao when the Chinese Communist Party would intervene in family disputes and hand out punishments for extramarital affairs. So there's a woman's job, not one that I would want most definitely. Uh, isn't the husband the uh, real culprit in what situation? Um, 
Misogyny is the hatred of contempt for or prejudice against women or girls. So look up the same, the hatred of contempt for or prejudice against men. Uh, and just double check. Uh, I, I believe it's misandry, but you can uh, you can double check that for me. So here, last thing I want to share with you, uh, this article is the things you've been taught about marriage that are totally wrong. Uh, this was uh, put together um, with the help of various uh, different therapists and their thoughts. So number one is that marriage is 50-50. Haven't we heard that enough, right? Uh, so no, marriage is not a 50-50 compromise and you shouldn't be keeping track of who is doing more in a tit-for-tat fashion either. Sometimes your partner will have difficulties and you'll have to carry your partner for a while until they sort things out. This means you'll carry more than your share for a while, but usually they'll do the same for you while you struggle with your challenges too. So it's not always at all times 50-50. Another myth or things you've been told, love is all you need. We hear that in the songs. No. Healthy marriages need way more than just love in order to thrive. We need not just love, we need respect, compatibility, good communication skills, humility, safety, chemistry, acceptance, play, and diligence. That's Those are just um, a few, right? Your marriage will improve once you have a baby. Another lie. Children will exacerbate whatever is already present in the relationship. If you have a good relationship, a child will make it better. But if you have a bad relationship, the demands of a baby will make it worse. Having a child adds a great amount of stress to a relationship. And unless there is a collaborative effort to share in the caretaking responsibilities, it becomes a breeding ground for resentment and disagreement. Another, this one, everybody's heard, never go to bed angry. That is not true. That is a, a belief that is wrong. And it's an, a piece of advice that is wrong. It's one of the most common ones that we hear. And it is silly, actually, because it expects you to get over whatever problem you are having within a day. But the truth is couples who have problems, real problems, and not all of them can be solved in 24 hours. Sometimes it takes a night, a night of rest. It takes a, a, a night so you can calm down, get new perspective. It can take weeks. It can take months um, to solve whatever issue. So you cannot expect to solve all problems in a day, but you should expect your partner to try to make repairs whenever they do damage to you or the relationship. So sometimes you just need the break. Uh, opposites attract and make the relationship stronger. Uh, yes, it's true that things are exciting in the beginning when there's opposites, but in the long term, those differences actually can create conflict. So uh, opposites, uh, relationships where there are opposites, you have to work a little bit harder uh, to understand what your partner feels and wants and uh, things like that. So otherwise it can lead to some incompatibility. Um, Love, this one I like, love isn't a choice, it's a feeling. 
That's another one we've been sold. Yes, it's great when you feel loved and when you love someone, but genuine love is demonstrated through actions. Love is not a feeling. It is a verb. It is action. It's about choosing to be thoughtful and demonstrating tender behaviors. The truth is the feeling is the result of the action. If we want to feel love, we need to be loving. So that was uh, that's my favorite one. So those are some things we have all been taught about marriage that are totally wrong. Ah, thank you all. I'm just looking to see if there's any uh, text here to be uh, read before I go. Um, nope, nobody came up and uh, I guess misandry it is then. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. I know some of the topics uh, might have been a little heavier than other times, but nonetheless, it's always nice to learn a little something and can't always be light, light, light all the time. So I hope there was a, enough of a balance for your listening pleasure. Thank you for being here with me. Thanks to our technical producer, Jimmy Garofalis. Thank you to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to connect with me on social media, it's at Dr. Lori Batito uh, or through my my website, which is the easiest, uh, drlori.com, where you'll find all the past podcasts as well. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.